Legends of Wasteland City is a post-apocalyptic anthology series and may contain references to drugs, sex, and violence along with the occasional vulgarity. You've been warned. Schofield's Drifters, Contingencies, Chapter 4. Got the charges secured? We don't want anyone finding them if we get stopped. It had taken hours for Doc and Digits to disperse the crates at their multiple caches in Northern California, but they both were relieved with the explosives now split up. Finally, it was time to prepare for the long journey south, eventually to the Great Gathering, but first, a detour. Digits nodded. They're in the foot of the sidecar. It'll take some serious digging for anyone to get to them. And the war bike is tied down. It's not going anywhere. Okay, then. I left drop messages for Icarus and what breaks. Nork contacted me two weeks ago. He's all set. Knockoff is bringing some riders with him. We'll have to keep an eye on him. <coughs> what? Yeah, I also negotiated an embassy rental with the Northern Trade Federation. <sighs> you know, I don't trust Nick. He plays more angles than a eight-sided pool table. Sure, but he's paying premium NTA caps. Not just now, but steady all year. And besides, you didn't see him in the field of the buzzard patch. I hate to say it, but he's actually more than competent. Okay, he's your responsibility. And that leaves Sutler and Sticks. They know the plan, but I haven't heard from either of them in months. Not that I'm worried. Where they travel, communication is a little spotty. They'll be there. There are too many caps to be made to keep Sticks away, especially after he missed last year. And Sutler is not about to pass up the opportunity to show off his collection. Okay, then. Let's drop this beast off, run our detour, and then head to Wasteland City while the roads are open. They had decided the best course of stealth was obviousness. In that regard, the deuce and a half worked in their favor, and the trip south was largely uneventful. Their plan of sticking to the main road steered them clear of most raiders. The few times they were stopped, they paid tribute and passed, with the pickets accepting the explanation of heading to the gathering at Wasteland City. They were running a large risk passing so close to the city on their way out to Old Fort Irwin, but they figured they could plausibly argue that Leo and the Black Sand mercenaries needed the truck to haul their gear to Wasteland, and that they were just fulfilling the terms of their contract. Doc had long ago learned that the best, most plausible stories were the ones based in some measure of truth. They found the drop-off point for the huge truck Digits had negotiated and unloaded the war bike. It was approaching dusk, but both Doc and Digits agreed it would be unwise to rely on the hospitality of the mercenaries this far in their territory, and rode southeast to within sight of the old railroad yards. Camping on the back side of a hill gave them some protection, as well as clear vantage, and then a four-hour ride due west got them to the cache site. This was the bandit's hideout almost 200 years ago. Even if someone learns the location, there are so many caves and dead ends, they never find the stash without knowing exactly where it is. Digits nodded approvingly. 
And this is close enough to the target for us to get to it? Assuming we need to, yes. Less than two hours out and back on the bike. Hopefully the keys will work, but if not, we've got our backup ready. Okay, let's head towards the gathering. The sooner we get in neutral territory, the better. We should make it by nightfall. Digits climb back into the sidecar and sighed happily, finally able to stretch her legs out. She double-checked the Vickers and waited for Doc to start the motor. But the engine clacked ominously, and a cloud of black smoke belched out of the left tailpipe. Doc killed the ignition quickly. Oh, well, that's not good. Do you think? We can coast down the grade about a mile. That will at least get us away from the stash before we start advertising our location. Don't you think we'd be better off trying to fix it? Not much chance of that out here. Unless you happen to have a valve rebuild kit tucked away somewhere. Worse come to worse, we can pull the plug wire and limp on three cylinders. Then get what brakes and Icarus to pull the motor when we get to the gathering. Between them and knockoff, I'm sure we can get it running again. If you say so. We're not pushing this thing all the way to Wasteland City. Don't worry. Uh, by the way, how much oil are we carrying? About two gallons, with the five gallons of guzzling we have left. Doc nodded. Hmm. That should be enough. They coasted down the hill and as far as momentum would take them. But before they came to a complete stop, Doc hit the ignition. The motor turned over, caught, and ran with the same telltale sound of a bad valve. Black smoke poured steadily from the exhaust. He eased the throttle up to 30. The engine didn't appear to protest too much. Doc pointed the nose of the war bike away from the sun, and they started moving at an unfamiliar and frustratingly slow pace. They hadn't ridden for more than 15 minutes when Digits reached over and slapped Doc's leg. Just as he saw the riders she had spotted, two of them peeled off to flank them. That pretty much took out the Vickers option. They couldn't risk firing on the ones ahead when they came in range with the flankers coming in from the side, not with the current reduced mobility. They'd have to wait to see if the riders did something stupid, like put all themselves in the range of a single fire arc. Unlikely. Up the road, Becklar Beck Primordial, Prince of Princes of the Defenestrate Horde, grinned with unfettered pleasure as he spied the three-wheeler struggling down the road in front of him in the middle of his territory. With the rest of his Horde scout patrol beside him, he could taste blood. He gestured to two ferals, one on a bike, the other on a four-wheeler. You two go around! Don't let them get off the road! He flicked his head at the remaining scout and tore down the incline, heading right for the intruders. Doc watched the approaching riders. If you can take out the two front, I'll get the biker with a slug. I may be able to swing the bike around before that four-wheeler can unload on us. It's risky, but probably our best chance. Is the med kit fully stocked? Digit shook her head. Not worth it, Doc. Shit. That big one is already blocking the road. Let me talk to him. I got an idea. Before they came to a stop, Digits stood in the sidecar, slowly raising her hands. Really? Digits, you picked a funny time to decide to be non-violent. I sure hope you know what you're doing. Doc shifted the bike into neutral, but kept the motor running. 
Primordial rode up to the drifters, stopping about six meters away, and killed the motor of his four-wheeler. He climbed out, uncoiling a six-foot chain with an evil-looking spiked ball at the end of it. Doc noticed he kept his right hand near a bandolier, from which what looked like several crude grenades hung. The other rider stopped further away. They may look primitive, but they knew how to approach a target, thought Doc, taking a closer look at the leader. A distinctive blue and white tribal mask over his face, war paint over his chest. His armor looked light, a scavenged combination of bone, leather, rubber, and other scraps long worn and faded and patched. He looked every part of the feral raider, but under it all, piercing clever brown eyes. You're in whole country. You got a writ. Doc whispered from inside his helmet. Seriously, this is the guy you want to negotiate with? Kill the engine. I don't want to yell myself hoarse. No! We're just passing through! No writ! No passage! We can bring you back to the con or shoot you now! Hold on, just uh, wait a second. Digit slowly removed her helmet. Ah, uh, trust me, the con would be really upset if you shot us. We know him, see? So why don't you just let us send you on your way with a little tribute and uh, we'll be out of your canyons right away. Cursing, she started digging through her pouch and then the boot of her sidecar, looking for something to offer. Goddamn fuckers. Come on. But most of their supply had been exhausted on the drive down. Shit. One of the ferals from the flank fired a lazy warning shot that ricocheted off a nearby rock. Too close for comfort and the others looked hungry as they idly shouldered their axes and rough swords. You know the con! <laughs> now what would the con and the Defenestral be doing with the likes of you? And why do we take tribute when we can just kill you and take everything? Doc started running scenarios in his head. He had his usual one slug and one buckshot loaded in his short barrel. The slug would take out the leader. If he got lucky, the buckshot might slow down the two on the side. That still left the sidekick in front. If that one managed to grab one of the grenades, they were history. Okay, slug and leader, buckshot and sidekick. Then he and Digits charged the other two with swords. They may not be expecting that. Although the way they were dressed and armed, they sure wouldn't be intimidated by the two drifters' short but deadly blades. And at least one of them had demonstrated he knew which end of a bang stick to use. Digits, I don't think your idea is working quite as planned. Got any contingencies? I hoped it wouldn't come to this. We've got nothing against the Horde. But you should know that a good friend of mine is on their way to the Great Gathering right now. And that friend has a map. A map with the location of your secret base. Ha! <laughs> right. You just scared. Show me the proof. I don't have a map on me. What would stop you from shooting us and taking it? I can't prove it, but I can tell you it was taken off the corpse of a certain army of Los Angeles Scout. Did you know your territory was being scouted? If Doc and I aren't at the gathering of tribes to stop it, the order has already been issued to make sure that location is leaked. Common knowledge. You have no place to hide. The feral next to him leaned over. Vizier Linus ain't gonna be too happy if that map gets leaked. Becklar Beck Primordial growled. <sighs> These trespassers were clearly desperate, but what if the little one in the sidecar wasn't lying? This started as a simple shakedown, and now he could be in trouble with the Vizier Lioness. On top of that, if the army of Los Angeles really was scouting Horde territory, he had more important things to do than shake down these two. Digits took advantage of his hesitation and pressed her case. Look, 
We're leaving already. We're not taking anything from you and we mean no disrespect. If you clear the road now, there's no harm done. The map stays secret. We're going to the gathering anyway. You and the rest of the Horde will have the opportunity to deal with us then. Not only that, but we'll have more people, which means a bigger prize for you to present to the Khan. Beklar liked the idea of a bigger prize, and he was smarter than he looked. There would be more Horde at the gathering too. Digit swooped in for the close. You don't want to have to tell the Vizier that it was your fault the secret base got disclosed to everyone, do you? The Feral Prince of Princes made an official sounding proclamation. You can leave! We'll collect our tribute at the gathering! He turned to his cohorts and glared. More later is better than less now! They all vigorously nodded their heads. <laughs> Digits tried not to let her sagging relief show as she inclined her head just a fraction and settled back into the sidecar. Once the horde cleared the road, Doc and Digits made tracks at the blistering pace of 40 miles an hour, clouds of black smoke still trailing from the warbike. Once they were safely out of horde territory, Doc pulled the warbike to a stop and grinned at Digits. I'm impressed. We managed to get out of that without any blood or bruises on either side. I think that may be a first. <laughs> Digits laughed a little breathlessly, the adrenaline of the run-in still rushing. I do occasionally pick my battles, but now the Khan is going to hear about the map. I would have rather not had to use it until we're back here on the real mission. Or at all. Where is the map, anyway? Like I said, on its way to the gathering. Do you really want to know the details? You picked a funny time to remember Upsec. Doc looked sideways at her as they navigated the poorly patched road eastward toward Wasteland City. Digit smiled, but she knew there would be repercussions for the threat to the Khan and his horde. Time to make more contingency plans. Contingencies was written by Digits and Doc Schofield of Schofield's Drifters and adapted for audio by Mike Makeshift Darling, narrated and edited by Makeshift. Doc Schofield was voiced by Jay Preston, Digits voiced by Megan Hensley, Becklar Beck Primordial was voiced by Mike the Baron Muchow, and The Feral was voiced by Michael Reed. Legends of Wasteland City is a production of the Apocalypse Post. Stick around after the break for more info about today's episode. Hey Survivors, if you want to help support The Apocalypse Post and get some rad merch in exchange, head over to theapocalypsepost.square.site where you can pick up some patches, postcards, or our newest edition, a set of guitar picks. Or get yourself a limited edition Apocabob pin. This little man is showing the world that all it takes to survive the end times is a gas mask and a dream of, well, just staying alive. Hey Survivors, Makeshift here. So, the Drifter's motorcycle isn't running very well. And uh, I suppose that would be a constant problem in the apocalypse, keeping up with maintenance. Because there's not exactly a mechanic shop on freeway exits anymore. Plus, they're using motors that are over 40 years old in this story, and they're running on gasoline that's not refined by any of today's standards at least. So having your vehicle not be in perfect shape is extra bad. If you're traveling through Raider territory, they were sitting ducks. Good thing Digits had a few contingency plans in place. And of course, Beklar Beck Primordial, Prince of Princes of the Defenestrate Horde. What a, what a name that is. 
makes his appearance in this episode voiced by Wasteland Weekend's own Mike the Baron Machow. And didn't he crush it, guys? Uh, he put on this fun combination of pirate, crazy, and orc <laughs> that I think worked really, really nicely for a feral-type raider uh, king prince fella. Anyway, uh, I was really happy to have uh, Mike the Baron Muchow. Uh, happened to be hanging out with Tim Cottage, who you remember from a few episodes ago, he voiced um, the Grand Imperator. And uh, the Baron just happened to be hanging out with Tim when I asked him to do a little, a little voice work. And uh, he said, yeah, the Baron's here. Do you want him to do one as well? I said, yes, as a matter of fact, I sure do. Uh, so real lucky there, and um, the performance was just stellar. I think it was so much fun. When I heard it back, I was like, yes, this is this is Becklar Beck. And of course, Becklar Beck Primordial and the Defender Horde are once again based on actual Wasteland tribes and an actual Wasteland person, I think. Although I have not met Becklar Beck in real life yet, so uh, hopefully I get to at some point. I have no idea what he actually sounds like. We just kind of wung it, and we get to do our own thing with this because... Um, it's Legends of Wasteland City. It's the legends. It's not the real Wasteland City. You gotta go to Wasteland City if you want to meet these people and see what they actually sound like. <laughs> uh, I also love in the section of this story where Doc goes over a few plans to take on the Defenestrate Horde. Uh, it shows how much he's always reworking situations and um, why the Drifters are just so damn good at weaseling their way out of trouble. They've always got a contingency plan, don't they? But it was Digits who came out with the winning move on this one. She had a few of those, mmm, aces just sitting up her sleeve, just in case. And, uh, you know, she played all her cards, and luckily they all got the job done. And finally this week, we had my good friend Michael Reed help out with a very small uh, part, doing a little character acting for the Feral Raider. Uh, he's got a bigger part coming up in the final act, the final two episodes of this story. And just like all the wonderful folks who have done some voice acting for this project, he's just so talented and sometimes finds the humor in even the most mundane lines. You'll meet his character, What Breaks, in the very next chapter, and uh, he is a hes a treat. <laughs> he's a fun match for Doc and Digits, who sometimes may take things a little too seriously, but I suppose that's their job. That's how they stay alive. So what's interesting about this story is off-screen, or off-mic as it were, the Drifters do make their way to the gathering at Wasteland City, but the next chapters of this story come after that. We're skipping a little bit of time here. So I thought it would be a great time to take a week off of the podcast, off of Legends of Wasteland City, and instead post a video from the real-world Wasteland Weekend next week instead. It'll be on the Apocalypse Post YouTube channel, so if you haven't found that or subscribed yet, now would be a great time to do so. Just go to youtube.com slash theapocalypsepost, and of course that link will be down in the show notes. And by the way, I am continuing to do uh, this new thing where it's called Makeshift Music Mondays. <laughs> We've maybe settled in on a name, the Triple M, as it were, um, where I just play some original songs that I've been working on, because I'm always doing a lot of different things all the time, and I've been um, writing more and more music again. It's been quite a while since I've really written songs, but there's um, two songs up, there's two more songs coming out, uh, and these are original songs that I wrote. Actually, there I think there's three out now, and um, one more coming. Yeah, by the time you hear this, there's three songs out, one more coming, uh, but I have a couple more that I've, that I've been writing or have written that I just haven't recorded yet. 
So um, that'll be a regular thing. It's not going to be every week as it's been for these four. But um, if something comes out on a Monday on that YouTube, it's probably going to be a song. So each of the songs are a little bit different, but they're all post-apocalyptic, of course. And once again, find them all on the YouTube channel. In Patreon news, the challenge is going well. We're just shy of 40 patrons. And if you considered pledging to the Patreon to help us get to our goal number of 50 patrons by the time we're done with contingencies, now would be a great time to do so. If you're a little nervous about the cost, pledges can be as low as $1 an upload. So that's a max of four or eight when I'm doing two uploads a week, $8 a month, give or take. And of course you can put in a monthly max. So if you only wanna pledge so much a month, you can make your first contribution your max, and then that'll be all you get charged that month. So every little bit helps, and I appreciate every one of you guys who have donated anything or ever bought anything from the store, because it, it really does help. And just to make things a little bit sweeter for you, every patron, at all contribution levels from the $1 to the top is gonna to receive my brand new Punk Makeshift patch, which is the same as the Punk Makeshift t-shirts that happen to be on pre-order right now, just a little smaller. And actually what was kind of cool was out of nowhere came the idea that the patch should not be circular or square or even odd shaped, but actually in the shape of a guitar pick to kind of bring out that rock and roll side of things. If you're a current patron, you don't have to do anything as long as your address is already up there. I'll just send them out. But there's going to be a three-month or $5 minimum contribution, so you can't just jump in there, pledge a dollar, and then get a free patch out of it. Sorry, guys, that's not going to work. But for those of you that stuck around, but for those of you that stick around for a little while or pledged higher amounts, I'll just put them in the mail for you in the next couple of weeks so you can expect them in your mailbox. And that will continue for all new patrons through the rest of the contingency story. So you've got a few weeks to go, guys, and then you'll just have to buy it. Uh, and of course, since I mentioned the pre-sale on those makeshift t-shirts, we're still looking for a few more, not too many, but a few more t-shirt pre-sales so that I can get them printed in bulk. So if you're interested in supporting the Apocalypse Post, but just want to do a one-time purchase rather than joining Patreon or something like that, you can do so by hitting up the Apocalypse Post store, which, um, which I call the Apocalypse Outpost. And um, of course, the links in the show notes right below. It's right down there, guys. Just look below and you can find all the links to all the things that you need to know. Um, and of course, if you do order a pre-order t-shirt, it'll ship out, uh, it'll be a few weeks for that because I'm planning on putting the order in in the next few weeks um, once Contingencies is done. So now that I'm done hawking all my wares, I'd love to know what you guys are thinking of Legends of Wasteland City so far. You've now heard four episodes. We've got a lot more to go, uh, two more in Contingencies, and then we move over to Rabbit Asylum for a single episode, and then we're going to do a Dukes of the Nuke story, an original one that I've been writing. If you want to hear more of this, please let me know what you're thinking so far, and definitely and definitely let me know what you're thinking, and definitely let me know how you feel about all the sound effects and music, like this full production that I'm doing for these episodes. Is it something that's making a big difference for you? Is it making it more engaging, more interesting? interesting to listen to or am I putting in all the extra effort for nothing <laughs> because it would definitely be a lot easier to just read these straight and I don't think every story needs the full production some of them will be lighter some of them will be more um, I don't know I'm just gonna kind of feel it out as I go but let me know what you think because um, I, I, I would I would love to know how it sounds on your end because I think it's pretty cool on my end but let me know what you guys think so in other um, post-apocalypse media I did start watching a new movie that, that dropped on Netflix called Last Man Down. 
It's a post-apocalypse uh, movie where this guy's wife gets murdered. He's like an ex-merc. Uh, he goes into the woods and then has to protect a girl who comes by his way. Um, it's such a weird B movie. I'd, it's like there's so many of those moments where you're like, what the hell are you thinking? What does this mean? What are you doing? Where you're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, I haven't finished it. I got pulled away for something. I forget what. Something came up, I turned it off for a minute, and I have no inclination to go back. So if you've seen it, and you think the ending is worth going back to, let me know. But that's Last Man Down on Netflix. Um, it's not the best. At least it's something. Because there's always more need for post-apocalypse stuff. Something I realized today, actually, when I'm recording this, is I had forgotten about the new Metro game called Exodus. This came out in 2019, and it's the follow-up to other Metro games uh 2033 and last light i loved last light when i got it i don't think i've ever played 2033 actually but i found a copy of exodus on ebay very cheap so i'm very excited to get into it because uh the metro games are so much fun and and they're they're right up there in my book they're right up there with with the fallouts as far as like the gameplay i mean fallout was open world and but now i think exodus is supposed to be open world whereas last light was more like, uh, what do you call it when you only have one path that you can possibly follow? I know there's a name for it, I'm just forgetting it. But um, but yeah, until the new Fallout comes out, whatever new Fallout we're going to get next, uh, I think Exodus is going to fill that gap really nicely. And by the way, they did announce that they're working on New Vegas Part 2, so Fallout New Vegas Part 2. And I think that's great because a lot of people consider New Vegas to be the best Fallout game, and I would not disagree. I think it is the best. It was the most fun, um, the best gameplay. I think Fallout 4 up in Boston might be a close second, uh, although I would almost tie that with Fallout 3. Fallout 3 was really well put together. So anyway, seeing some more out of New Vegas would be absolutely wonderful, plus it has that kind of wasteland vibe that the East Coast stuff doesn't necessarily have, where there's still a little bit of greenery and that kind of thing. I just, I love the desert landscape is kind of a personal favorite of mine, especially when we're talking post-apocalypse. Um, but yeah, Fallout New Vegas came out in 2010, so that's 12 years ago. Just about 12 years ago. And, um, well, video game technology has come a long way, so I'm, I'd be very excited to see what New Vegas looks like with today's video game engines and graphics, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful. Um, hopefully it's soon, but I think the article I read did mention it's gonna be a years-long process, so whatever uh and speaking of which which was your favorite fallout game because i have played all the ones since fallout 3 uh plus some dlcs along the way but i hear the original and fallout 2 were super well received but i just never got to them because I, I really enjoyed the first person sh first person shooter dash rpg that fallout 3 and after were um and i think that fallout 1 and 2 were just straight up like turn-based rpgs and that those aren't my bag but um I hear that they were pretty fun, and they had a lot of the jokes that uh, Fallout's well known for. Because when Fallout takes itself too seriously, not great. But when it's full of gags and jokes and stuff, it's always fun. All right, well, that's about it. I think we should wrap this thing up. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope you're enjoying Legends of Wasteland City here on the Apocalypse Post, and specifically this story from Schofield's Drifters called Contingencies. They do have other chapters, so if you guys want more, let me know, and I'll see if they'll agree to do some more of these. Um, 
And just remember, as I mentioned earlier, there will be no new episode next week, but go over to the YouTube channel and see a brand new video from Wasteland Weekend 2021. I think you're going to love it. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, I've been running the video department at Wasteland Weekend since 2011. Um, and I do the highlights reels each year. Um, well, most years. All but 2014. I didn't do it that year. I'll tell you why another time. But um, I have completed the first highlight reel from 2021. Because guess what? There's going to be two. And that should be coming out soon. However... Um, sometimes when I'm doing them, there's some stuff that just ends up on the cutting room floor for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it just doesn't fit. Sometimes I don't have the time. Uh, and sometimes it's too similar to something else. So I pick one instead of the other. However, um, I do think that a lot of this stuff looks really cool. So I made a kind of a, a, a remnant reel. Well, actually that's exactly what I call it. The remnant cut. So you can see a bunch of the stuff that's not going to make it into the highlights reel coming up, but it does show some really cool stuff from Wasteland Weekend. So uh, you can check that out on the YouTube channel. Don't forget. Well, survivors, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And if you hated it, share it with your enemies before they just kill you and take everything. That's it for this week, survivors. Until next time, stay alive. And days and days and days and days and days.